Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tokyo On Fire. Today is May 12th, 2016. We've been off for about three weeks. Michael, Golden Week is behind us. A lot has happened, actually, uh, during the hiatus. Yeah, we took a long time off and apologize for that. But otherwise, we, we are going to get back on, some, on track. And a lot of things go on hiatus as well during Golden Week. That's when all the politicians in Japan actually leave Tokyo, right. even though the diet is in session. Right. Well, the prime minister went to Europe. He importantly went to the Russian Federation as well. He visited the prime minister there. Well, he visited with, with Mr. Putin and Mr. Putin, uh, and he had a long talk. And there's some question as to what they talked about. They, they spoke for th about three hours. And the Tibabe, when, when after Abe came out, was exultant, according to the uh, Yomiuri Shinbun, saying that he had introduced the concept of there being some deal on the territories. That was kind of an odd thing. That they 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 were happy that they were able to bring up a subject mm -hmm. in three hours talk about which is the one subject that all Japanese are concerned about in terms of Russo-Japanese relations. Uh, that he was able to bring it up is a source of joy. That sounded kind of weird, but that was part of a very, it was kind of a weird European tour in general, mm -hmm. going to all these different capitals and all these countries as a, some kind of warm-up act for the Ise summit that's happening at the end of the month. Right. Don't you feel he's positioning himself to be, you know, I am a global leader and people listen to me and my idea about Abinomics and boosting, you know, the strength of the yen, these things are working and you guys need to help me too. Well, I don't think he wants to boost the strength of the yen. I think everybody is pretty sure that that's a, a real arrow through the heart, not, not a, one of those three arrows of growth. Mm. And... As for his wish to appear a world leader, he's been prime minister for three years. What, is, what does he have to prove? Uh, but it's true. They, we're seeing a really weird dynamic in that the Kante, the prime minister's residence, is really pushing the imagery of leadership, mm -hmm. you know, meeting with people and taking stances. At the same time, there's a tremendous erosion going on underneath of what it is that is the functions of government. We're seeing in the diet a real slowdown. What is going on there? I mean, of, of all of the bills that have been proposed, it looks like only two might squeak through. I know, and we're, what, what, we're here in May, and the, the, the session's going to go all the way into June, right. and we're only going to get two bills out of that? What happened to TPP? Oh, don't even, let's, let's not even talk about okay. what happened to TPP, because that, that seems to be just what, an insult. What a waste you bring of time. It, you bring it up, you immediately go into hiatus over it due to, to the, the issues of, of scandal and, and other external problems, and then you drop it. Mm -hmm. Why did you go through this? There's a, an extraordinary session in the fall. They could have had some kind of sense of what's going on in the U.S. political scene, whether it's going to go forward there or not. Instead, they introduce it, and now it's, it's just going to sit in committee and nothing's going to happen to it. Let's get back to the conversation between Putin and Abe about potentially the Northern Territories. When I first read that, and I heard that there might be a, a story leaking out of that, and probably it's still going to take time before anything becomes public, but I was really hopeful that, yes, maybe maybe this, this trade-off is, is maybe on, on the boards once again. I think you probably have a, a different view of that. I have a really different view of that, and that's partially where, because of where I sit right now. I'm, I'm teaching at Temple University of Japan, and right across from me is really one of the great experts on the Northern Territories issue, James Brown. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not that James Brown, but another Watch James. <laughs> yes. He has shown relatively definitively, in a, in a definitive way, that the Russian side 
does not see there to be any deal mm -hmm. on territory. If there's going to be anything, it is going to be an insulting reference to the 1956 deal, which was offered by the Soviet Union to uh, Hato Prime Minister uh, Hatoyama of the time. Uh, and that deal was for 7% of the Northern Territories, the Habomai Islets and Shikotan. And, and on the Japanese side, that's not going, that's to, fly. Not going to fly. Their, their idea is four islands or nothing, or or maybe two. Or, but the thing is that the, 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 the Russians would then say, Yo, well, you, here are the two, Habomai and Shikotan. Here, there you've got it. And the, the Japanese side said, but that's 7% of the land area. Mm -hmm. this is a, these are seriously large islands you're asking us to give up that were you know, declared ours in the, in the 1850s. We, mm -hmm. we had a, a deal with the Tsar. Right. Uh, uh, we, we've, we have multiple international agreements saying that these things are ours. Why, you're gonna give us 7%? And that's only if Putin, for some reason, has a, a political epiphany. Most likely that there's absolutely nothing on the table. Mm -hmm. That's the first reason I, I was, I'm doubtful that there's anything that's going to happen there. The second is that I have a personal bugbear inside the Japanese government, and that's uh, Special Advisor Seiko Hiroshige. Anything, in my view, that Seiko Hiroshige touches is, <laughs> go, is dead in the water. Uh, and I've said this about him many, many times. And who did... Abe bring with him to Sochi Seko. And right. se if you if you look at the at the Kante's webpage or video clips from newscasts, it's it's like he's attached to him by an umbilical cord. Uh -huh. Seko is in every shot. And you mm -hmm. say, God, that is so creepy. And mm -hmm. at that point, in my own personal response is nothing's gonna nothing's gonna happen. And and that's just my own personal prejudice. Okay. And I'm very and I and I'm I'm, I'm sorry that I have it. Sure, well, we can hash this over and inside and outside, but this is the stumbling block between the Japanese and the Russians getting back together. I mean, they're still uh, essentially at a state of war. I mean, there, there has been no peace treaty signed specifically because of the return of the Four Islands. And one of the things that James Brown has really tried to explain to Japanese re readers is that for the Russians, it's been a war of attrition since the 1850s, they feel like they were pushed back by the expansion of the Japanese Empire. Mm -hmm. And that the taking of the southern Kurils, as they call them, is only a, a minor pushback from what, the, what they should have received or they could have received. That this is, th that in a historical sense, there's nothing that has been, there's no injustice that th no matter what the Japanese side says. Uh, and they, yes, technically, this is the, the weirdest thing. World War II is not over. Right. It is a weird thing. It is so strange to conceive that 70 years on, Russia and its pre pre the predecessor, the Soviet Union, they have been at war. Now, there is a, the 1956 deal which allowed for the establishment of, of diplomatic relations in this state of war. But nevertheless, there's no peace treaty. There's no, there's no resolution of anything. And... Mr. Abe comes into office promising that he's going to get the four islands back. And I don't know what he's, he's and he's expended so much time. Right. He, he's met Putin more than any world leader and, and, and by a factor of two. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
what is what is this all about? Well, it, he he committed to it, and he's going to stay with it. Is there a real need to have Russo-Japanese relations? Sure, mm-hmm. and it's all about gas and oil, right? And the the Sakhalin area, gas fields and oil fields, those are there, and. Well, they don't mind selling all of that energy to the Chinese and to the Koreans. They'd like to have other customers. It's always good to have a good mix of customers, which is what uh, the Russians are learning in terms of the Europeans, that, that they need to have groups that are not coordinated together politically as their customers, as they do, the Europeans are mm-hmm. or have been for the most part. Having these warring parties, Warring in 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 a, in a mild sense, China, South Korea, uh, Japan, competing for Russian oil and gas is great for Russia, uh-huh. and so they 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 do want to have a deal with with Tokyo on that. Right. Yeah. Well, Russia is isolated. There's geopolitics going on here. It's not just about the oil and gas. The uh, the Prime Minister, Mr. Abe, visiting. Uh, Putin is a big deal. I mean, nobody has done that. No yeah, Western the, the, the Western alliance that. is supposed to be stay away from him. Yes, right. because and, of the, because Ab- of Crimea, because right. of Ukraine. Yes, and this is beyond what you know. The president said, President Obama said, "Please don't go." You know, and he went. Well, I don't know if I don't know if the, I I'm not privy to their conversations, but certainly it was not. There was not done with a smile on his mm-hmm. face. Whatever it was that President Obama had to say about this, nevertheless. Uh, one of the aspects of Japan's autonomy, well, because Japan has this really bizarre role internationally mm-hmm. in that it is so dependent on the United States for its own defense, and so it's had to, in almost all cases, defer to the United States' wishes and will on, in terms of its own conduct of international right. relations. One of the places where Japanese prime ministers have traditionally exercised a great deal of autonomy is with relations with first the Soviet Union and then with Russia. They they have a little bit of an out there. Of course, it's been it's an, again an asymmetric relationship there because the Russians have something that the Japanese really want, the islands. Mm-hmm. And the Japanese sort of have something that the Russians want. Right. In the 1990s, it was different because the Russians were in such economic crisis. The money that Japan could wave at them mm-hmm. did ameliorate that asymmetry. But the asymmetry has returned, right? And the Japanese are the beggars, right? In this one, right? Well, with all due respect to Professor Brown, I think I remain hopeful that you know this is the stumbling block, and to move Japan further away from the United States, which. The prime minister wants to do to establish his own credentials, and we've got the Issei summit coming up. He wants to carve his position in world history. But the thing is, we're not seeing from the Russian military a uh, a stand down. Instead, we see increased numbers of intrusions into the Japanese air defense space that that Japan has declared, or at least skirting alongside it, so that Japanese fighters have to scramble and meet these Russian planes. We see a great deal of maritime cooperation between Russia and China and joint military exercises very close to Japanese straits. That kind of action should be sending a message to the Kante saying, let's be realistic. It's a great power. It has interest working with other great powers. And, And Japan is a major power, but not a great power. 
Well, I think we can anticipate the Prime Minister releasing some of the details about his three-hour tete-a-tete with the Russian President in the coming weeks. Please stay tuned. Welcome back. Well, although we've been off for a couple of weeks, the Japanese economy has still continued to churn forward. There are a couple of disturbing reports that came out. Michael, the finance ministry reported their quarterly earnings about how much debt the Japanese economy actually holds. It's really tremendous. It's a huge number, and anyone who's ever looked at finance ministry documents that the finance ministry bureaucrats push in front of you loses his or her mind. Uh, they go, this is hopeless, this is going yeah. to kill us all. Uh, and so the best thing to do usually is to ignore it. Uh, and luckily, Mr. Abe has been able to. And you only have to go back to 2010 when uh, Prime Minister Khan, then Prime Minister Khan, came from out of the finance ministry, taking over the prime ministership from, from Hatayama. Uh, at that point, he came in with all these nightmares in his head. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was, we have to raise the consumption tax. Boom. A few, just two months later, there's a House of Counselors election. The DPJ's chances of running the country are destroyed, and we had the, the deterioration in the DPJ's position that eventually led to its being thrown out of power in 2012. Everybody remembers that. And so any prime minister knows whatever the finance ministry is saying, ignore it, because otherwise it's electoral defeat. Right. And, and, but... We do have an election coming up. It is another House of Counselors election. And these figures that have come out regarding particularly inflation and also what's happening in the currency markets is really, really making it hard for Mr. Abe to ignore economics at all. Right. Well, the yen continues to strengthen, so the economy is really under a lot of stress. So the, the, the strengthening of the yen, which makes absolutely no sense if you or at least would have made no sense when you heard about the imposition of negative interest rates on government bonding. It's, this is this 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 what has happened in terms of the loss of the value of the dollar vis-a-vis -vis the yen is inexplicable, and it's really hurting some of Japan's major exporters because now their goods are cost more on international markets. And we saw, for example, Toyota with its announcement on its reduction in its profit. Right. Uh, Toyota is not, not just a marquee company. It's, it's basically the it's major, well, it's, it's the, the major industrial uh, force within a major region, Nagoya, which has done very well for many years. Naga is actually one of the few bright spots in the country. Most of the country is, if you go in a ge geographic sense, most of the country has been depressed for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. But Tokyo, Nagoya, and part, you may say Fukuoka have been somewhat bright spots. To see Toyota going back into a lack of profitability, which it fell into after the great financial crisis of 2008, it's really a downer. Mm -hmm. uh, probably won't affect the election. There's only two months, basically, until the election's gonna take place. The likelihood that the DPJ, or I'm sorry, now it's now the DP, the Democratic Party, will make some kind of narrative out of that that works in order to defeat the uh, LDP in the election, not likely to happen. And I, I say that out of personal uh, experience, because yesterday I was actually at the press conference at the Foreign Correspondents Club of Japan, where the head of the DP, Okala Katsuya, tried to answer a lot of economics questions from journalists around the world and basically just didn't have 
a way of attacking the Abe administration on the economics front. Well, they had a chance in Hokkaido just last week. The election, the LDP candidate did win in Hokkaido. That was an election that we were yeah, watching very well, closely. Not, well, not a, a few weeks back, yeah. Right. Well, to test that, I mean, the opposition had an opportunity in the Hokkaido elections on April 24th. And they the lost. LDP, that's right. The LDP came out on top. Yeah, but it was a, it was a close race. It was and, close. And it was well fought by, by the opposition. And we were thinking that it, there was a chance for DP to pick up two seats there. Uh, well, the, actually the, the one who was running up in the Hokkaido election was actually an independent, but supported by all of the major uh, non-Osaka opposition parties. This, that look, look, there was a plan, you know, mm -hmm. but it just didn't work. And we're not, probably not gonna see the same thing. Well, we're not, they're gonna try some things that are the same. They're gonna do some things differently here and there. But as for a message, on what's going on with Abenomics, as it's called, and where it's wrong, well, I haven't seen the opposition having a real sense of it. They have right. some idea. They, they, they know that Abenomics has inadvertently moved money from people who spend money, the poor, to people who save money, corporations and the wealthy. Uh, and that's exactly the opposite of what everybody wanted to have happen. Right. We want to have the spenders get the money and the savers to give it up. Right. But we, that's not the way it's worked out. We've seen during the Abe administration, the amount of, of cash that's on hand at corporations increased by 50%. How do you explain it, that? I mean, that's... Oh, it's simple. It's, it's, it's that they have been in, in 25 years of... Let's cut costs, let's cut costs, let's cut costs. We're not gonna go for market share. The market's already saturated. All we can do is cut costs, save money, save uh, cash on hand, because we have pension responsibilities that we have to pay for. And they have such a strong mindset that even when they get a huge windfall, which mm -hmm. they did, with they, the sit the they, they sit on it. They sit on it. So that went from 272 trillion yen, which is more money than you need to, than to survive Armageddon. Right. And it's gone now to 330 plus trillion yen just sitting in the vault mm -hmm. of Japanese corporations. And also Jap the Japanese wealthy, people who own stocks did and also own land, did it very well in the first years of Abenomics. They, they really cleaned up. Unfortunately, their propensity to spend is really low. Right. They talk about a wealth effect, but it's really insignificant as compared to raising the economic value of labor. Mm -hmm. You know, Those people can really make a difference, right. and they have been left behind. And you would think, that's easy. That's an easy narrative to play on. Right. But as it turns out, the DP has just not picked up on right. it. Well, it's not just the LDP that has suffered, I think. Abenomics, uh, the Bank of Japan governor, has also, you know, he's the one that's been moving the, the yen rate. Well, he's, he did nothing in the last Bank of Japan governor's meeting. He, they, they did nothing significant. Mm -hmm. And that really shocked the markets. People are waiting for him to do something. They were, they were thinking that there's got to be some extension of, of quantitative easing right. that, that he would, he created it. He's been short, he's, he's been short cheating the markets for, for quite some time now. He's going against what expectations are, pulling out the bazooka when they don't expect it, keeping it in its box when they need it. And it, it's starting to really drive international investors out of the Japanese sure. markets. Right. I mean, hundreds of billions of, 
of, of dollars have left Japanese markets over the last six months, just fleeing, it, thinking that there's no policy consistency, there's no policy theory, mm-hmm. there's no sense of urgency, and there's a, a complete focus on the next election. Right. But there are some aspects of some people in the government who are very concerned. We're seeing, uh, most famously, Finance Minister Aso has declared that intervention's on the table in order to stop the rise of the yen, which is received very badly in Washington, right. which is trying to sell an idea of a world where currency intervention doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and that trade flows and the currency flows are, are, yes, that markets control these things and that they run on, on, on remote control, right. that there is not the mercantilist hands-on form that, that's going on. Uh, also, ha- maybe wh- whether he got an okay from anybody else, Hard to say. Hard to say. But uh, we, certain of the outside economic advisors, like Hamada, have co- have chimed in and say, when it reaches 95, the government has to step in. Like they're not stepping in already. I mean, who is talking about Abenomics right now, even within the LDP? I mean, that's been, that's been shoved off because I think people have come to the realization that it just doesn't work. The first three arrows didn't work. The second three arrows doesn't work. We have to start gearing up for this election that's coming in the early summer. What's happening? The thing is, the market mechanisms that would normally signal to everyone that things are bad, they've been short-circuited. Because we have such things like the GPIF, mm-hmm. buying into the falling market, as its own holdings decrease in value, it has a mandate to keep buying, even as its own, beca- not only even as, because its own holdings are decreasing in value, it has a mandate to buy from the market and prop up prices. That's not its goal. But that's what it's doing. And we're not going to find out how bad that is until after the election. That's it. And the GPIF declaration will not happen until after the direct. And doesn't that tell you this is a dark story? And that's something that's going yep, to come out right. and it's going to look really, really bad. Because they, because they have this idea that they have to have a, a, a certain percentage right. of their assets in the market. As the, as the market value of the ones that they hold decreases, they will keep buying. It's a, it's, it's. The more, the more you lose, the more you buy mm-hmm. situation that is insane. Of course, if there was some kind of growth story that, okay, the market's going through a short period of time where it's going to be going down in value, but it's going to rebound because we have these growth initiatives going on, great. But they're growth initiatives that we've seen that the dynamic engagement of, of the citizenry, right. 100 million story, no one's buying that on the international level and even on the domestic level. We're pushing it really hard, but you're not seeing it. Wow, they, they, they are really in a, just a, a lock mode and just trying to get to the, mm-hmm. the House of Counselors election. And then the flood comes, I think. Right. In this episode, we're just focusing on the dark clouds that are portrayed by the economy, by the strengthening yen, by what the Abe administration is doing about that. Or not doing about or it. Or not doing about that. And this is a precursor to the upper house elections that will be in about three months' time. We're staying tuned to that. You should watch this as well. But there's going to be an awful lot that happens over the next Your weeks. five weeks or so. Stay tuned. As we predicted earlier, this is the season for scandal, and the governor of Tokyo, Yoichi Matsutoi, has not escaped it. Recently, the Communist Party has dug through his expense reports. That's been reported in Bunshun, famous Bunshun, 
championing the lower people, spreading the news that needs to be spread? I don't know if it needs to be spread, but it's going to be spread by them, and it might might be news, it might be something else. Well, I mean, a, 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 a good target. I mean, he is the governor of the largest prefecture in Japan. The housing of more than 10% of the entire population of Japan as is most in Tokyo of the proper. Top, yeah, as most of the, the, the top corporations have their headquarters here. It has, of course, the actual national government is in the, in the prefectural. It's, they call themselves the government, actually. The, mm-hmm. the Tokyo Metropolitan Government. They don't even call themselves something that's a geographical area. Uh, this entity, and he's the head of it, uh, is a big deal. And it's going to be hosting the Olympics. Right. So he has been living rather well in Europe capitals around the world, particularly in Europe, visiting all kinds of countries. And the expense reports coming back from these junkets have been huge. Right. And true, okay, he is representing one of the world's great capitals. He is representing the, the host of the, the next Olympics after uh, Rio de Janeiro. And he has to get around, and he has to get around in style. Right. But the style has been too much, and it's it, it has looked excessive. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's probably just an easy target. If Tokyo was an independent nation, where would it rank in the, the, the list of, of nations in terms of GDP? Well, it would, it would be in the, in the top 30. It would actually be above Indonesia, a, a, a country of 330 million plus, and just below South Korea, one of the world's great economic powers. So it's, it's a nice slice of, of the world economic pie. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, that doesn't necessarily forgive a an elected official. It doesn't give a, a cover for an elected official. An elected official has to answer to an electorate. And and let's face it, nobody has been in these kinds of hotels that he's been staying in. Or most of the the people who pay the taxes, sure, in, in the local taxes that pay for his salary, they don't know what he's been spending, and they and they assume that he's going to show some restraint. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only story, the, these junkets, which were, again, arguably in order to, pre- to present Tokyo as a modern, wealthy city that is absolutely ready to host the Olympics, which we've discussed here, may not actually be true. Yeah. Uh, but that's for organizational reasons, not for reasons of wealth. Mm-hmm. The other issue that's come up is his second home. On the weekends, he doesn't like to stay within Tokyo. He likes to go to his second home, which is in the adjoining prefecture of Kanagawa, actually all the way at the far end of it at a a place called Yugawara, so that he takes a government car and goes there and then stays the weekend there and then comes back. Now, his argument was, is I take my paperwork with me and I do it while I'm in the car and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm always in contact. I always have the way to get back to the to Tokyo should I need to in terms of some kind of always emergency. Always in constant communication. Always I've in got constant, staff with I've, me. I've got a, a, a special setup at my uh, private home there. What's the problem? Yeah. Uh, the problem is... Decorum. Decorum, but also, again, this issue of you have... You are a democratically elected leader, and you have to respond to the sense of, you know, that we're all equals, that happens in a, in a democratic state. And he, by having, first of all, a second home somewhere else, already puts himself in a distinctly different sure. economic 
situation. And the fact that he goes there every weekend. Right. And it's in, not in Tokyo itself, which is a very large area, but, but it has to go across an entire other prefecture to get to this second home. When there is relatively close by a Shinkansen stop at Odawara, and then you can take a local train, and the train service is very good. You can even get a private car on some of the lines I don't know. There. I think it's a tempest in a teapot. I mean, look at him. I mean, he is this far away from being actually royalty. I mean, look at his pedigree, his his former wife. I mean, okay, she Okay, well, yeah, but but he, he, yes, he's... he's, he's, he's uh, uh, not well. Former royalty is a bit much, but nevertheless, he's. He, I mean, he's in the high, uh, as Pink Floyd used to say, the high fidelity first class traveling right. set. Yes, he doesn't want to travel on the Shinkansen. He shouldn't have to. Yes, but you see, the 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 emperor does, and 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 other high polluting people do. And mm -hmm. when when Abe goes to Okinawa, which is a great distance, he flies commercial. Right. He doesn't take the, the, uh, the SDF plane, the big jumbo jet, to fly to do his government business yes, like the United Abe States president does with, with Air Force One. He do, if Abe doesn't do that, if he flies commercial airlines in order to get and do official business, right. what the heck is Masazoi hey, thinking? Hey, but Abe reports to a cabinet and to a, a, a parliament. I mean, Mr. Matsuzoi reports to no one. I mean, he is the governor of the prefecture. Yes, and he's and he is the most powerful, yes, directly elected official in Japan. No question about that. That doesn't give him license. No, it's not carte blanche. But I think this this big brouhaha about his expense reports, about him using a state-provided car to travel to his beso, you know, every weekend maybe. Um, why not? Why not is because he's an elected official mm -hmm. and. You really have to Decorum. show. Yeah, you have to show that you care. Right. And what he, what the misstep that he made, and which is causing him the greatest pain right now, is saying, "It's okay. It's entirely legal. What's the problem? It doesn't matter that it's legal. Right. That's not the issue. It's that it looks bad. Right. Well, if he was even challenged on that, he would never really be arrested or, you know, charged with a crime for inflating his. His expense reports. I mean, it's not that huge. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not what. But that's skill. Is that's not what politics is about. Mm -hmm. It's about image. It's about showing yourself as diligent. And and let's let's be frank. The traditional ethos that has been transmitted through all this time is that you don't show you got wealth if you're a politician. Mm -hmm. And they may eat in very expensive. Yote restaurants, with, but it's all behind closed screens. You don't see it. Right. They don't flounce about with starlets. They don't right. do any of that. They, if they have money, they keep it really. They keep really quiet about that. Mm -hmm. And you and you see that. I mean, look at Okada Katsuya, the head of of the DP. He is the son of the founder of the Aeon Mall chain. He is rolling in money. Mm -hmm. Do you ever see it? Never. Yeah. yeah. The same. Hatoyama was a, a different story. The heir to the Bridgestone fortune, you know, he, he would throw some money around. Mom gave him some money. My, my mom would give him a, a little cash on the side. Right. God, he got in trouble for that, didn't yeah. he? But for the most part, if you're a politician, you, you don't do it in an ostentatious way. And that, that has something to do with that, the, the sense going way back when the, when the Meiji Restoration happened that 
Samurai wanted to maintain themselves, mm -hmm. and they had this ethos of being in touch with the people right. and humble, and also of exalted status. But they were they were very stoic. That whole thing, that ethos, still permeates the upper sure. elites sure. in Japan. And Masazoe is just going right against that. Well, what's your guess? Why did this happen? Why is the timing now that this has kind of exploded into the the, the public lexicon and it's being reported in, in the, the, the tabloids. I mean, he is a very popular governor. Um, the, and very effective, and too. Very effective, and I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's well-liked. Well, his predecessor, Ishihara, served for 12 years, and if you look at the amount of money that he spent on his international junkets, I mean, you're, you're really surprised. I mean, he's, he's at par with that. What's what's going on in the background? I, I'm, I can't speculate because it's only just started. And Is there a term limit for the governor? No, there's no term limit. Ishihara Ishi Ishi was 12 years. No, that's one of the nice things about being governor. You can be elected as many times as you want. And there, there is a traditional, uh, it's sort of like a, a voodoo kind of you shouldn't do thing, which is never run for your fourth term. Right. Because uh, the fourth term is when you go to jail. Right. Uh, <laughs> that kind of story going on. But ostensibly, there's no legal limit. And yes, he could be elected and reelected, and fine. Nevertheless, there you you can't do it. And he, he's been cr severely criticized by other governors. That's been truly, uh, uh, deeply wounding to him. Mm, uh, mm. For former Governor Masuda uh, of Miyagi Prefecture, the governors of Chiba, and the governor of Kanagawa, where his best soul is, his, his second home is, have all said, you know, this is not really what you should be doing. Right. And, and, and again, it's, it's, not, it's not illegal, but it's that it doesn't look good and we don't do that kind right. of thing. Here. Well, he has backed off a little bit, hasn't he? He says, I'm not going to use the, the private car anymore. I'll use my own car if I'm going but to But the damage on. is done. The damage is done. And it's, there's more to come out, isn't there? We don't know. And mm -hmm. the, the thing is, the, the, the issue of jealousy and revenge against the governor is, uh, again, they are popularly elected. They, they, unlike the members of the Diet, who are elected from districts, the governors are booked for from a large area, and they are they they serve in their executive positions directly. Whereas members of the diet, they have to first get into the legislative branch and then move into the executive. Right. It's it's there's a there's always been a I don't know the, a a a, pro, a strange capacity for them to get into trouble. Whereas members of the diet don't. Yeah. There's some kind of envy factor that works in there. Mm -hmm. And he's getting a full blast of that. But lots of governors have gotten that. And, and we have seen that the governor's position, sometimes, again, this, 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 uh, this fear that you're going to end up in prison if you keep getting elected because there's, eventually they're going to get you on something. Mm -hmm. uh, that envy factor is probably playing into it. And we saw how it destroyed his predecessor, oh. Inose. Inose. Very who, short term. In very, very short term, who received an entirely legal loan in order to tide him through. And he, he took it in at a time when he was having some difficulties making decisions because his wife was, was, was terribly ill and was, going, was, was dying at the time. And so his, his ability to judge things was kind of shaky. And he accepted this money, but it was legal. 
And nevertheless, they didn't drove, matter. They That's didn't right. matter. They drove him out of office because of this this loan. Right. Uh, you know that position is fraught. Stay tuned. There are likely to be more barbs thrown at the governor. We're going to be following up on this.